I'm going to give you four or five words that you can sprinkle into the first five minutes, maybe three minutes of conversation that will get the other side trusting you, believing you, and even seeing you as a leader in the negotiations. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me today, excited to have Paul Ross. Paul, Paul how are you doing today? Breakneck action, high adventure, round after round of podcasts. I got up early this morning to do one. I'm doing your show, then I'm doing a radio show. I am in high demand. And That's good. Providing value. I am. And as you're listening to me speaking today or watching this, I'm not sure, is this video too, as well as audio? Little, yep, video and All right. Well, as you're watching and listening to me today out there, I'm not sure all the ways you might stop and think to yourself, wow, Paul is fascinating. I'm really having a great learning. But as that's taking place, I feel so honored to be sharing this mind-bending breakthrough information with everybody. Well, that's uh, we're excited. We're excited to dive in a little bit about Paul before uh, we start here. He's an author, speaker, trainer, master hypnotist, and master practitioner and trainer of neuro-linguistic programming. Uh, and for the past 30 years, he's taught tens of thousands of people the power of language to persuade, which, of course, is as uh, business owners, real estate investors, uh, that's important. Sell, heal, turn stumbling blocks into stepping stones and pain into passion. So pretty good biography. I wrote that one myself. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty good. And uh, we're ready oh, to man. get into it. So Paul, thank you. You know, let's, let's talk. What's your, what's your, we kind of mentioned the background, but background and get in, let's get into some meat and potatoes. Sure. So I started out my training in sales and hypnosis. And, and what I want to do is make a point right off the bat. What you're about to hear is completely different, I think, from anything you've heard before about selling, because I have a sort of bat bleep. I don't know if I can swear in your show. It's probably a family show and I shouldn't. I have a bat bleep different way of looking at things. When I was a little boy, about six years old, I was arguing with my mom best teacher of my life. My mom shook her finger at me and said, Paul, if you don't knock it off, you're going to grow up to be an iconoclast. I said, what's that? She says, that's someone who goes around kicking over other people's sacred idols and ideas and really pissing them off. And, and I thought, yeah, I want to grow up to be that. So it's the <laughs> background of how I think. And through my study of hypnosis, I began to recognize that people make their decisions through altered states of consciousness. Now, by that, I don't mean smoking marijuana or dropping LSD or any of that nonsense. I simply mean that it's the state of mind of the person with whom you're negotiating or to whom you're selling that's the most important factor, not the element of the deal, the numbers, the figures, the data. That, that's important, but it's not the first thing you should consider. As a hypnotist, I recognize that the first thing you should consider is asking yourself the question, what state of mind do I want that person on the other end of the negotiating table to be in? How can I create the perspective that they're in a state of focused on what I say, that they want to believe in what I say, that they view me as a leader and that they are a follower? How can I use the power of suggestion to create those sort of mental filters through which they look at me? 
And also the second question, perhaps it should be the first one, Todd, is what state of mind do I want to be in when I'm entering into that negotiation? Do I want to be in a state where I've got to make the deal? Do I want to be in the state where I'm distracted or where I'm thinking about the fight I had with my spouse or significant other? Do I want to be in a super positive state, which I think is a huge mistake? It's a giant mistake going into a situation where you think, I know I can win this. I'm absolutely certain I, I'm, I'm the most powerful person in the room. Problem with these peak states, as certain people teach them, is they burn up a lot of energy. And your person on the other side of the table may not be in a peak state. So you're going to fry their circuits and break rapport. By the way, rapport is super dangerous. We'll get into that. Uh, later, I hope. Remind me in the podcast why I say rapport is dangerous. So I got into it that way. That's a roundabout data dump answer to your simple question. That's how I got into it. And then I got into it a little deeper through a odd path. We can talk about it if you want. So, well, let, let's let's get in. You, you asked or you said, said something. Let's get into it. Let's not forget about it. Why is rapport dangerous? Because like that's what we think. We got we got to build good rapport with somebody to. Well, <laughs> it's actually important to break rapport now and again. I'll tell you why. First and foremost, when you're in rapport with someone, they begin to feel what you're feeling. So if you're in rapport but your state is bad, if you're feeling anxious or nervous or desperate, guess what? If you have strong rapport, the other person's going to be feeling anxious and nervous. And they won't know why. They will not be able to pick up on why they feel that way. They're just going to assume that they can't trust you. So ironically, the more rapport you have, the less trust you get, unless you're in a good state of mind. So before you try to get rapport, you best make sure that your own state, your own state of consciousness is optimum. Not positive, but optimum. That it's the most efficient state you can get into. Yep. And for me, that's a matter of being neutral. You're not disinterested, but you're not invested either. You're, you're alert, you're awake, you're in a state where you're able to take in information. You have your goal in mind, but you're also able to look at the little potential traps along the way. I like to think of, uh, here's a memory I had. My father, may he rest in peace. I lost him in 2008. I miss him every day. He was a wonderful wonderful guy. My father, when I was a kid, used to wear bifocals. Now, for you young people out there, you don't know what bifocals are. Do you remember them, Todd? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So bifocals were glasses. They were divided horizontally. The bottom lens was for reading, for seeing up close, and the top one was for seeing far away. And I think you need to sort of have bifocal vision. You have to be able to look at your vision down the line, but you also have to have a way of looking at the little traps along the way. So building in any kind of negotiation you're going into, you have to have your mind focused on the goal, but then you also have to be able to look at the little steps along the way throughout the negotiation process. If you only look at the little steps, you're not going to have that oomph, that motivation. If you don't look at the little steps, you're going to step into landmines and traps that the other person is going to be laying for you. Not necessarily even because they're evil or manipulative, but people are out for their own self-interest. And that's just the way it works. Yep. 
take take us through like okay people are definitely out for their own self-interest so like how can we what are some strategies to you know help get them to our side right we we want to make a deal we we want to get a negotiation done how do we help bring them to our side I'm going to show you, all right, I'm going to give you a bonus. I'm going to teach you four, maybe five words that are going to, in the first, what if I said this to you? How crazy would you think I am? If I said, you know what, Todd, I'm going to give you four or five words that you can sprinkle into the first five minutes, maybe three minutes of conversation that will get the other side trusting you, believing you, and even seeing you as a leader in the negotiations. Would you say that I'm bat bleep crazy or just that I'm totally off my rocker? Or would you think, you know, what? I, 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 you wouldn't, you wouldn't be telling me this if you were just off your rocker. So I'm I know, I know, I want to hear this. I know, I want to hear this because I'm going to four words. I'm going to write these down. Actually, there may be five, but All right, five. Give me six. I hope you can <laughs> see already. I hope you can see already my joy in doing this. That I got a big smile on my face and my eyes are shining because I love teaching. So here we go. I call the and I'll do it once quickly and then we'll workshop it and I'll unpack it. Fair enough. Yeah. So it works like these, this, I call these implied relationship words and they work on the power and the principle of suggestion. These words I'm going to give you imply to the unconscious mind, not the conscious mind, but the unconscious or subconscious mind, and I refer to them, they're interchangeable, the same thing. Unconscious, subconscious, doesn't matter. We know through studies and data and experiments that it's the subconscious mind that makes most of the decisions. We make the decisions based on emotional reasons and other things, and then we justify it with the facts, figures, data, numbers. By the way, this is one of the biggest mistakes that people who are going into negotiation do. They're over-focused on the numbers and they bring them up first rather than creating these states of mind in the other party. But here they are. The words are, we explore together, invite, share. So write those words down. We explore, invite, we explore together, invite, share. Sounds like this. So I would say something like, well, before we explore this opportunity together, I just want to invite you to please share the questions that naturally arise when a great decision's being made. Now let's look at this. The wrong way to say it is, all right, so I'm so-and-so from this and this, and I think I'm going to presenting something that I think you'll see is a really great opportunity for, for both of us. And as we go through this, of course, you're going to have questions, ask them. That's the wrong way to do it. Because yeah, when you do it that way. That's the natural way, way to do it, right? That's the way we all do it. But it's the wrong way to do it because yeah. it assumes that you're doing something to them that you're on opposite sides of the table. Yep. But when I say before we explore this potential together today, let's look at that word before we, we implies a relationship, correct? It's yep. you and I, before we explore. Well, in an exploration, there has to be a leader 
And therefore, for every leader, there must be a yeah, a follower or a exactly. So uh, we're implying, we're not saying it, we're implying it through suggestion that they're going to follow us. Before mm -hmm. we explore this together, together implies what? Yep. Togetherness, not that we're the, the go on the other side of the table. I just want to invite you. When I extend an invitation, who's got the value? Are you the one with the value? Or am I the one with the value because I'm giving you the gift? Yeah, Who's got the value? Yeah, the person inviting for sure. Exactly. I just want to invite you to please share the questions. What's the difference between ask the questions and share the questions? Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess share. I don't, I don't know. You tell me. Well, asking a question is one person doing something to the other, to the other. but sharing yeah. is an implied togetherness. relationship, togetherness. Yeah. These are subtle words, hence the title of my book, Subtle Words Itself. There's some shameless self-promotion there. Subtle suggestion and implication enable you to capture and lead the imagination and the emotions of the other party. And that's important for one reason and one reason only. Remember, you're never selling the deal. You're never selling real estate or vacuum cleaners or what have you. You're always selling decisions and good feelings about decisions. And decisions are made based on the state of mind the other person is in. So why not create these states of mind where they subconsciously, not consciously, but subconsciously view you as their leader, as someone who is leading them on an exploration, inviting them into a valuable activity. So the very act of negotiating with you is itself a valuable gift that you're giving them. This is all creating states of consciousness. You see, influence and persuasion is not just about getting your ideas into the other person's mind. That's true, it is. But it's also about expanding their mind to include your ideas. Does that make sense? So yeah. this idea of selling being about creating states of consciousness and the other person is really whacked out. It's a completely different way of looking at things. But what I want to suggest is only I can, being a hypnotist, is it's the very ways of thinking and acting and feeling and behaving that stand so far outside of what we're used to doing that hold the potential for bringing us those results that are so beyond what we're used to enjoying. So I want to encourage as you're listening to me today, should you find yourself feeling challenged or even a little bit overwhelmed, get excited because that's only a sign that this stuff really is powerful and that it can work for you. I love it. Yeah. The, the five words and, and you know, they really come to a, a that that we type feeling that like we're in this together we're we in are, it together i'm not lead i'm not necessarily not not that i'm not leading you but i'm not telling you right what to do we're, exactly we're it's going to be your idea that you want to follow me yeah so think about the advantage you would have in a negotiation if going in in the first two minutes they believe that you're their leader and that they want to believe you i have another outrageous idea that kind of 
is a kind of classic. My mother would be proud of me. I say inside of each adult, no matter how adult they're walking through the world, is still a five-year-old child who believes in stories and fairy tales and who wants to believe and who wants to be led and has the ability to respond and find yourself responding hypnotically. And it happens all the time anyway. May I give you an illustration? Yeah, absolutely. Back when the movies were open before COVID, you remember going to a movie, correct? I'm speaking rhetorically, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. it's been sure. a while. I remember the first time I went to a movie with my sister holding my hand. It was, uh, I don't remember what, it was a kid's movie. And I didn't understand how to look at the screen. I just kept looking around at the walls and the other people. Children have to be taught how to suspend their disbelief. To enjoy a movie, it doesn't matter whether it's a good movie, bad movie, who stars in it, whether it's a horror movie or sci-fi, true crime, comedy, you still have to suspend your disbelief. Right. The, dis the disbelief that, oh, you're in a movie theater, it's only a movie. That's why when people are terrified of a movie, they get their disbelief back. When they say it's only a movie, it's only a movie. They're trying to get that state of critical thinking back, but they're too scared to do it. So that ability to suspend your disbelief is a three-year-old ability, maybe two-year-old ability that you learned before you got critical and realized there was no Santa Claus. My outrageous claim is no matter how sophisticated the investor on the other side of the table is, you can evoke that state of suspension of disbelief, if only temporary. Now, listen to me. The numbers still have to add up. I'm not by any means saying that the numbers can't add up or shouldn't add up. And yes, you should have the specifics and the proof ready. But I'm saying if you do that too early in the process, you're going to lose a lot of money and be doing too much work. If your person on the other side of the table is not, first of all, is not perceiving you as being on the same side of the table. And if they're not doing 80% of the work to convince themselves, then you're doing too much work. You're not having enough fun and you're leaving tons of money on the table. I don't know about you, but I don't like to not get the date with a pretty girl and I don't like to not get the money on the table. Those are the two things that, that you know, are on my mind. Well, how much how much talking do we want to do here when we're you know let's just say we're negotiating a real estate deal how much talking do we want to do versus how much do we want to allow them to to talk and tell us so it's a wonderful question i don't know how to quantify units of talking how do you put percentages as measured by what unit but i would say if you let them do most of the talking, they'll tell you exactly what you need to say in order to feed it back to them. People, when you speak to them and they begin to go into an altered state, Todd, they begin to give you what I call their personal trance words, the words that have meaning for them. And you'll be able to hear it because they lean on it and put a little bit more inflection in it. So if they say blah, 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 certainty blah 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 delivery or whatever the words are you'll hear them and then you can reincorporate those words back into what your response is but you need to learn to ask the right questions and more importantly you need to learn to shut your mouth shut up and let the other person talk 
Same thing. I used to be a dating coach. This is why I make referencing back to dating because I did that for like 15, 20 years. I still do it occasionally. If you have a lot, a really big checkbook and you want to open that up for me, <laughs> I may take you on as a client, but this is why I teach shut up, ask the right questions, let the other person talk. He who gives away or she who gives away or them that gives away the most information or does the most talking is the one that's probably going to, if not lose, have the harder time winning. Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy to want to talk, right? We, we all want to get our information in. We all want to get our opinion and our value in. So we always want to talk, but sometimes it's so much better just to shut up <laughs> shut up and let them talk themselves into the deal yeah. now you can't do that if you don't know how to learn to create and shape states of consciousness in them hey real quick i just want to let you know about the multifamily challenge that we got going on it's a five-day multifamily challenge on how to get an offer and uh quickly, right? So we're going to teach you in five days, five one-hour sessions. We're going to go through the steps and the process to get there. So go to mfichallenge.com, mfichallenge.com. You can sign up. It's free. If you want the VIP, there's a bunch of things that we'll give away too. You got to, you, gotta, you do have to pay for that, but hey, it's going to be well worth it. Again, you can get in for free. We're going to teach you how to get that offer across the table, get the LOI in uh, all the steps. So Ellis Hammond and I, Ellis was episode 316. Check, check out his episode. And we're going to be doing this next week. So sign up now at mfichallenge.com, mfichallenge.com and get in there. We're, uh, we're doing it next week and it's going to be awesome. So hope to see you there. And then you also need to understand the art of the pattern interrupt. I don't know if we want to get into that yet. Uh, well, I may be too I mean, soon. Look, you, you, you hit on it. I think we got to at least cover the basics. Okay. Uh, I tend to, I am so joyous in doing this. I have a tendency to steamroller over hosts and I don't yeah. want to do that. If you have a structure of questions, no, I, I promise you. I don't have structure. Okay. All right. Talk. All right. <laughs> Very good. So there's a principle. I'm going to give away another. I'm going to drop another. Uh, what does my coach call it? A mic drop? A, yep. a value bomb? Here comes another big value bomb. It's called the pattern interrupt. This is one of the most powerful principles you can use to maneuver people once they've deviated from where you want them to go, how you can move them back and get them to believe it's their idea. Pattern interrupts work on a few basic principles. First of all, and I say this again as a hypnotist, but anyone who's studied human behavior would like likely tell you the same. Humans think, act, respond, and feel in predictable patterns. Our brain looks for patterns. That's just how we've evolved over millions of years. And when you break someone's expected pattern, they become very suggestible extremely suggestible and then you can lead them through that narrow window of suggestibility now i first learned this when i was dating coaching i had a client who begged me begged me to take him out for a night of meeting women and i hated i learned that that was not a fun thing to do i said i don't do it anymore 
He said, I'll give you $10,000 cash for 90 minutes. Suddenly my mind had an instant blossoming <laughs> open and I wanted to do it. Yeah. I said, sure, bring the cash. He literally dumps a duffel thing of, of cash in my lap. And I quickly, my mind, 10 grand. Great, let's go. I take him and I don't know how well you can stop and picture this as I describe it. But I take him to a restaurant that has an outdoor patio area. Can you see what I'm talking about as yeah. I describe it? And people are there with the heat lamps on and, and they're attempting to pick each other up. Now, this guy didn't get the memos I told him when I prepped him. to go. He was not only getting rejected and striking out, he was crashing and burning. It was painful to watch i don't know if you've ever had the experience todd of being embarrassed for someone else's humiliation <laughs> have you ever had that, that like bad, huh? <laughs> that bad <laughs> he just narrowly missed getting a drink thrown in his face so he he ducked at the right moment accidentally i grabbed him by the arm i i was looking okay 90 minutes is up let's go in the first 30 minutes i was thinking okay another hour paul and we're done because i don't want to get my I don't want to give this money back. So we go outside, we're waiting for our cab. And I say, look, there's a lovely lady at the end of the evening waiting for her cab. She was standing about 15, 20 feet in front, to the side of us. Now, for some reason, it went in the wrong ear. It went in the wrong way. And she got furious. She turned red in the face and began shouting at me, telling me to do things with parts of my anatomy, put them into other parts of my anatomy that are not possible to do, brought up dead relatives. And uh, it, it was things that would make a sailor blush. My student got furious. He turned around the face. He was going to obviously charge at her and give her a piece of his mind. I stopped him put my arm out, didn't quite clothesline him, but pretty close. I said, no, no, she can respond however she wants. We choose how we respond. Here comes the pattern interrupt, Todd. I said, look at her. She's someone's sister. She's someone's daughter. She's someone's best friend somewhere. She's deeply loved. Now she stopped screaming at me. There was a look of confusion on her face and then she burst into tears and came running over to me, threw her arms around me and just sobbed with regret. And she said, no one has ever spoken that lovingly to me. I feel so much love right now in my heart for you. Um, I'm so sorry, it had nothing to do with you or this other guy. Guys have been smacking me on the butt and saying the worst things. And she said, listen, I'd love to give you my number. I said, sorry, I have a girlfriend, we got to go. And off we went. But I took her from rage to love in the space of 30 seconds because I interrupted her expected patterns. Now, what was she expecting? What would most guys have done in that situation? And again, folks, this is not about dating. It's about illustrating a principle. What was she expecting me to do? Well, number one, yell back at her. That's what a lot of guys I'm sure have done right. to her. Number two, apologize profusely. Or number three, just give up and walk away. Yep. I didn't do any of those things. I broke her pattern of expectation. And in that moment, there was that moment of confusion she had because she couldn't process it. And then she had another response. That's the power of the pattern interrupt. So here's what enabled me to do it. Not just knowing the language, but first of all, I didn't take it personally. 
I didn't make it about me. Mm-hmm. I challenge your audience. How many times when you do a negotiation or something doesn't work, you make it about you? Oh, I just can't do it. I can't learn this. What's wrong with me? Why did I screw up? Or here's the other thing, even more equally importantly, I didn't make it about her. I didn't think, oh, she's just a, a B word or a C word or she's crazy. I saw her as a human being who is confused and suffering. So it enabled me to have compassion for her. Number three, I did not have rapport with her. I broke rapport. If I had had rapport with her, I would have bought into her story. And then I would have felt what she was feeling. It would have been horrible. So sometimes in a negotiation or a sale, it's important not to be in rapport. We have to break rapport if we want to get the person to move in a different direction. And the final thing is I didn't take her first response as being her best or only response. I didn't take it as written in stone. I just took it as a reaction that had nothing to do with me. So these are the principles and the power of the pattern interrupt. And it works in every situation. It works in your daily life with your loved ones or with strangers. It works in sales and it works in negotiation because it works once again on the principle. I'll keep bringing it back and calling it back to the idea that it's the subconscious mind that makes the decisions. So how do we how do we like, I don't know, hack or whatever, whatever you want to call it. How do we, how do we break into subconscious mind? How do we hack the subconscious mind to well, be friendly well, to us? Well, again, we use those five words that I gave you. Mm-hmm. We do pattern interrupts. And one of my favorite pattern interrupts to use in sales, I don't know how well it would work in negotiations, but I, it would work. In, I teach this to salespeople. We've heard the objection. I need more time to think it over. I don't know if you've ever heard that one. Okay, Uh, here we go. I'm going to give a bonus that I only give to my VIP clients. Do I have permission to drop a atomic value bomb today on the podcast? It's gonna it's gonna break people's ears, but let's do it. All right, let's do it. So when someone, when I teach my students and I teach everyone in mostly real estate financial services, but anyone who will pay my fee, I'll teach them. If someone says, I need more time to think it over, that's almost always not the case. It's a smoke screen. It's a stall. So I teach my students to respond like this. Have you ever had a situation where you took a long time to think something over and it still turned out to be a bad decision? Oh, yeah. Maybe it's not about time, but about the clarity you need to recognize you really can move forward today. So thinking about like that, what do we really need to get out on the table for you to see this is a great decision to make? Shall I unpack that for you? Yeah, let's 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 unpack. Okay. I think that's so powerful. Let's unpack it. So if someone says I need more time to think it over, they're expecting you to hear, well, what do you need to know right now? What or or what can I say or do to get you to see you want to move ahead today? or they expect the worst thing you can do. Sure, here's my card, call me. And when you do that, has that ever worked? Yeah, no, no. Never, it's like like on a date and you're trying to get a date and the woman says, give me your number. Yeah. They never call. I'll call you, sure you will. I'll call you, I'll text you. No, that means go away. If you were laying on the ground on fire, I had a bucket of water, I wouldn't pour it on you. Yeah. (laughs) So 
I need more time to think it over. So when I say, have you ever had, it's called a counterexample, one of my five favorite ways of destroying objections, they all work. Have you ever taken a long time to think something over and it still turned out to be a bad decision? That's a counterexample. Now, everyone yeah. has had that experience, correct? Oh, yeah. So, so instantly the brain goes, wait a minute. Oh my God, that's right. So you take, you're taking the very reason they're saying they can't move forward. Correct. Yep. And you're turning it into the reason why they must move forward. Right. Right. Because it's a bad decision. They make bad decisions if they, they still make the right. bad decision. Now right. we're saying it's a bad decision if they don't move ahead. Yep. And then we're doing one more clever thing. We say maybe it's not about time, but about the clarity you need yep. to recognize this it really is a great offer or a great decision. Now, notice we're making it no longer about time, but about clarity. If it's only about clarity, what is that implying? It implies, but doesn't say it is a good deal. If we did it the wrong way, we'd say, well, you don't really need to think it over. It's not time. The problem is you just are confused. So why are you confused? That's just insulting. But when we imply things like that and we don't say them, then it softens it and gentles it. And once we get them to see that the real issue is clarity, and that's almost always the real issue, then we get rapport with them. We break rapport at first, and then we get it back through the implication. When you break rapport and then get it back, each time you break it and get it back, you get it back more strongly. So break it, get it back, break it, get it back, break it, get it back. In hypnosis, we call this principle fractionation. I don't want to get into it. it. Basically means if I take you into trance and just keep sending you deeper and deeper, there's a stop point. Your unconscious hits a point where it just can't go any further. But if I put you into trance and take you out and then put you back in, each time I take you out, the unconscious gains more potential to go deeper. So I took a principle from classical hypnosis. I thought, how can I apply this to selling? And that's where I came up with this principle. Get rapport, break it, get rapport, break it, or break rapport, get it, break rapport, get it. This is all, I know it's overwhelming and a lot, but. Well, there, there's a lot in here, maybe a little bit overwhelming, but there's an amazing amount of information you've given so far. And, you know, I would suggest anybody to rewind and listen, and listen, listen multiple times yeah. because you, you're not going to get everything you need to get until you find yourself listening and watching multiple times, because the more you find yourself doing that, the more excited you'll get for reasons that I don't even know. I don't know all the reasons you might think to yourself, God, I've got to contact Paul and learn more. But as that's taking place, I'm just so happy to continue to share this amazing value. Well, and Paul, you've got, you've got a book that you've already shown and, and uh, show it again so we can and, and let us know what's the, what's the title again. Subtle words itself, but that's not the best way to, to get value from me. I'll tell you at the end of the show what the best yeah. way is. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, Paul, we're gonna, you know, we should probably wrap up here, even though I probably oh. have another like 50 questions for you. Oh, come uh, on. What, 
I, I got a couple questions I want to ask. Go ahead. Um, before we do wrap though, what's a, what's a mistake that either you've made through your journey here, uh, through what we've been talking about or something that you see people make maybe over and over, uh, and how have you learned from it? How have you, you know, navigated through that? Well, in terms of business or in terms of personally, I've made a lot of them. The yeah, first let's, mistake. Let's talk business mostly. Okay. I'll tell you a, a big business mistake. I, I had to learn. I'm kind of a slow learner in certain areas of my life. I'm pretty quick in some, but slow in others. Sorry. Again, my ear itches. So I will give this piece of advice. It's golden advice. It's better to spend $1,000 on a private investigator who will do a thorough background check on that person you're going to hire or you're doing a joint venture with, then spend $100,000, dollars $300,000 on a lawsuit later on. Oh, yeah. Investigate, don't be cheap. Just put, I don't care if it's $2,000 on a private investigator. If the, excuse me, if the numbers in the deal are, are big, trust me, do a thorough investigation on that person. Look for lawsuit histories, bankrupt, bankruptcies. If it's legal to pull their credit report, pull it. Look for everything you can, because had I done that, second thing, I got this from a book I read by Robert J. Ringer called Winning to Intimidation. He said, with a uh, oral agreement, you've got nothing but air. With a verbal, with a written agreement, you've got a prayer. So get everything in writing. Yeah. And the third thing is check your assumptions at the door. So if I'm going to make a good decision, I write down everything that I'm assuming. I'm assuming A, B, C, D. And then I think to myself, what work or homework does sticking to this decision allow me to avoid doing? And how can I go about and do that homework? You yeah. understand? Because yeah. when we do a decision, we're always making an assumption because data takes energy to gather. Yep. This is hardwired into our brains again from evolution. If we see the tall grass moving on the veranda, on the savannah, we can take our time to investigate and think, what is that? Or we can go, that's a cheetah, run. Or that's a saber-toothed tiger, run. So we're hardwired to not sit there and try to collect data. We're hardwired to be lazy in that sense, to preserve our cognitive real estate, so to speak. So when you're going to make a decision, write down every possible assumption. Then next to the assumption, you say, what work is making this assumption, allowing me to avoid doing? And then how can I go do the work or hire someone else to do the work? Next one, delegate, delegate, delegate. There's some things I can't do. Rather than believe I can learn to do everything and anything, maybe that's true, but I'd rather delegate it to someone who knows what they're doing well, i have do a, a better job too oh hell yeah i have a yeah. bookkeeper and an accountant and an attorney i i don't want to worry about that yeah. stuff yeah yeah for sure yeah i i can uh i could definitely <laughs> i mean all all of those things that you said 100 100 percent. and i've i've made all those same mistakes through my journey you know not getting things in writing just assuming like that the handshake deal you know that everybody's honest right <laughs> well when it comes to money no one is your friend yeah it's 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 crazy it's true but uh, we'd like to think the opposite 
Um, what's a favorite book, obviously, other than your own? Uh, favorite book other than my own. That's let's let's narrow one. it down. You you let's let's talk about favorite book in um kind of your line of business that you enjoy, whether it's oh in hypnosis, whether it's a book in a book in hypnosis. hypnosis. Yeah. Um a book in hypnosis that's good for the general public. It's out of print, but do your best to get it. You can get it from used bookshops online. It's called Monsters and Magical Sticks. There's no such thing as hypnosis. Hmm. And it's really about how hypnosis occurs in everyday life all the time anyway. And another one is called Prometheus Rising by Robert Anton Wilson. All about how we create our belief tunnels. And when people try to bring us information that contradicts what we already believe, what we already believe, how we just can't see that information, we explain it away. And how to bust through that when other people have it. Awesome. And then finally, I'd recognize I'd recommend my niece's book. She's a brilliant entrepreneur, speaker, and author. She wrote a book called Captivate how to be the most interesting person in the room. Hmm. Well, that sounds like a great book. Yeah. You want to win, win a room. I mean, you got to be interesting. Yeah. yeah. She's a genius and a better entrepreneur than her uncle. <laughs> <laughs> her name is Vanessa Van Edwards. But if you look up Captivate, you'll see. She's a genius. Nice. Nice. All right. So my last question before we wrap, what are your three pillars of wealth creation? In terms of what I invest in or, or you can be, well, first be of all, always, always, always improving your state of mind, always, always filling your mind with different and new ways to look at things. That's first and foremost. Nice. Second mentorship and coaching. And third, and this is the most precious one, being willing to say, I don't know. To me, the sign of, the, of a mature mind is the willingness, even the joy of saying, I don't know. I would rather have the openness and the freedom of I don't know than the certainty of something that could be absolutely mistaken. I think it was Voltaire who said, if we begin with doubt, we shall end in certainty, but if we begin with certainty, we'll show, we shall almost always end with error. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Might've been it, Voltaire. It, well, it's, it's so true, right? We all either, that or Groucho right either that or Groucho Marx. Can I give people the best ways to get in touch with me and continue that's, to get that's, value? Uh, that's my next, my very last question right. for you is how can people reach you? All right. So I have a complimentary training called my rapid sales accelerator training. This is really quite a goodie bag and a gift basket of great things. You get the first four chapters of my book. It's a PDF download, and that's all about mindset, a winning mindset. You get a about 23 minute audio training on some principles I use since I was nine years old to make millions of dollars in sales. And then you get a PDF report on how to crush objections, mostly about that principle I used called the pattern interrupt and the counter example. It's completely free. Just go to paulrossbook.com. paulrossbook.com. And then the other thing 
The other thing is if you think you can open up a big enough checkbook to hire me as a trainer or a coach because I am the most expensive trainer you can't wait to hire, then you can go to speakerpawross forward slash apply. I only have a few slots and I'm not for everybody. So let me tell you what the qualifications are. First of all, you have to be able to pay my fee, but beside that, you have to have an open mind. You have to be willing to set aside your old ways of thinking and take on something really revolutionary. You have to be willing to do the work because what I teach, once you get it down, it's easy, but it does take work to absorb it at first. And finally, you have to be smarter than the average bear. I did not design my stuff for people who are average or below average. I want to take stars and turn them into superstars or people who are close to being stars and are willing to do the work yep. so if you think that's you and you have a big checkbook you're willing to open go to speaker paul ross forward slash apply i look at every application and if i think we might be a match i'll send you a calendar link well that's awesome well paul really appreciate it you, you've given a ton of value i'm sure we keep going for a long time here but uh, yeah i know uh, i got a radio show to do in a couple of hours <laughs> yeah. so i gotta go get breakfast and a cup of coffee <laughs> that's great well again appreciate it thanks for joining us thanks for all the the awesome value and content and i think the listeners including myself are going to be rewinding this and, and pushing play several times to make sure we're making notes i know i've got like a whole notebook full of notes and i missed a lot of stuff so you know i i often find that people will download these things and then send them off to get them transcribed yeah i think that's, that's a, a that's a great strategy that is a great strategy so awesome well you have a fantastic rest of the day you too. Stay warm out there in, in, uh, <laughs> in sunny Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. Minnesota. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. It's a rating and review. Just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like, uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out. And, uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.